Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you'll need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate megastores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Oh, hello there, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome. It's Wednesday night here on Fightful.com, FightfulWrestling.com, YouTube.com slash Fightful. So you know what that means to steal a line from someone who tweets the same thing every day on Twitter. It is the Wednesday Night Wars podcast right here for you all. I'm Mr. Warren Hayes, and we're going to be chatting this evening of uh, in regards to professional wrestling, of course, but particularly on NXT and AEW. Uh, Dynamite, which happened this evening in fantastic, fantastic fashion. It's an exciting evening. Ready to talk about it with these two guys right here. First and foremost, we have we have uh, one of the one of the writers here at Fightful who is joining us now on Wednesday nights as a regular member, Robert the Dude DeFelice. Good to see you, Robert. Welcome again this evening. How you doing? It's good to see you. I'm a little caught off guard. I thought we were talking about the debate. I uh, prepared for something completely different. Oh, you know what? I've been I've been told I've been told that uh, someone is dodging questions and the other one is wearing Converse sneakers. I think that's all we need to know at this point. That might be true. Also joining us tonight is a man that uh, needs no introduction. However, I will give him one nonetheless because otherwise it'd be really awkward. Alex Palowski, you probably know him from Fightful Select's uh, Sour Graps reviews of Raw and SmackDown that he does twice a week to talk about both shows individually because they deserve their own reviews. Each of them deserve their own reviews. But Alex also joins us every Wednesday night. How you doing, Alex? Um, I... Uh, I I I am great uh, because I, I I found a song tonight that is guaranteed to pick me up and lift my spirits every time I hear it, and every time I hear it is constantly because it will not leave my brain. Uh, and and that that song I believe is entitled "Friendship." Uh, it is it's the new theme song for Killian Day and Drake Maverick, and it is 
It is it is it has lifted my spirits in a time when basically the entire world is on fire. And so <laughs> now I have something just to like run through my brain when I'm like laying in a drug induced coma later tonight. It'll be a lot of fun. It it'll be delightful. I mean, you know, you have to you you, you do your best to, to to work with what you have, right? That's it's it's so true. Which is so you know, true. I guess I guess it's a the world. Right, or at least Killian Dane and Drake Maverick is a metaphor for what's happening in the world right now, to a certain extent. In, 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 to a certain extent, <laughs> so, I think they are—they are the model that the world needs to follow. Is really what's happening here. Well, you yes. know, they're, they're making do. Is my point, guys? They're making do with what they have. Um, listen, if you want to—if you want to make do with your love of Fightful and everything that we do here, there's a couple of things you can do to show some support. First and foremost. You can like this video right here. That's the easiest way, and it really does help a lot. So if you're watching live right now and you want to do that, go right ahead. That's fantastic. Share the link out into the world. That's even more fantastic. Of course, another way to show some support is to join uh, the uh, FightfulSelect.com service. It's it's Fightful subscription service where when you jump into that and you become a member, you get tons of extra content on top of everything that Fightful already brings you, you get Sean Ross Sapp, who does the weekly backstage report. You have Steven Jensen, who reports on everything non-WWE related. You have a Q&A session that Sean runs uh, as well, and he answers uh, thousands of questions. Uh, thousands of questions. Uh, well, I, Or at least at this point, he's accumulated thousands of questions answered. And you can get those in if you're a subscriber as well. You get extra content from Listen Your Boy. And as I mentioned, you get Alex Pulowski, uh telling everything that's good and right about Raw and SmackDown on a weekly basis. So, of course, you want all of that with Sour Grabs. It's a great, great way, probably the best way to show your support for, for Fightful. Head on over there, FightfulSelect.com. And another way that you can show some support for, uh, for what we do, if you're here live and you feel like it, you drop us a super chat and I will read your question and or comment live on the air, such as the one left us uh, that uh, Evan Wright left us. Thank you very much, Evan, for the super chat. He says, just wanted to see that Robert, Alex and Warren all rule. Or I guess he wanted to say, just wanted to say that. Just wanted to say that Robert, Alex and Warren all rule. Also believe AEW ruled Tanahashi on my TSN TV station. I lost it. Will Hobbs is so great. Evan is yeah. pumped. Clearly, there were a lot. There was there was a lot of stuff happening tonight. Okay, but before we get into it, before we get into it all, who won tonight, dude? Felice, who who, who won? AEW or NXT tonight? So I think uh, from usually, a match standpoint, usually it's just I have one. to go AEW. We just AEW. Okay, we don't we don't necessarily have to get into the nitty gritty. AEW, Alex, what about you? I don't know if you can hear that. That that's me whistling. Um, it's in my head forever. I I think I might be dying. Uh, I my my brain is is just ecstatic with happiness. Um, I'm gonna be whistling that all night and maybe closer to the mic this time. <laughs> NXT one. All right. Well, since it comes down to me to break the tie, I'm gonna declare that AEW won the evening tonight. For the 30 years of Christopher Jericho, what a big event it was. Uh, we had a bunch of people in uh, it, it, that sent in congratulations to Chris Jericho all throughout the evening. We, Of course, it started off with the heels and the baby faces in, in, in AEW 
uh, paying respects to Jericho, the heels being much more uh, complimentary than the baby faces were. Uh, you know, there were some very nice passive aggressive uh, comments such as Jungle Boy, you know, saying, well, I met him and uh, I beat, you know, I almost beat him in the ring. You know, like, I, I like that kind of stuff. But then we had a cavalcade of stars, like Slash from Guns N' Roses, Dennis Miller, Ted Irvine, his dad, of course. Uh, we had Paul uh, Stanley. What's up? I saw Paul Stanley. Paul Stanley was there as well. Shaq, who uh, I, when I saw Shaq, I was wondering, what is he selling me a printer? Is he selling me pizza? Is he what is he selling me uh, uh, icy hot for my back? I did like I didn't know exactly what he was coming in for. Uh, Don Callis was there. Lars Ulrich from Metallica. Kevin Smith. Eli Roth. Gabriel Iglesias. And uh, Paul Stanley, as you said, the tip top though was Steel Panther. But wow, I mean, both of them were there, and they were Steel Panther right there. And of course, we had other wrestlers: Bully Ray, uh, Lance Storm. Pretty cool though. Ultimo Dragon and Hiroshi Tanahashi. By God, as if we needed more speculation, as if AEW, as if uh, whether AEW and New Japan are going to work together. I thought this was fun, um, Robert. Uh, nice little way to to commemorate the event, and you make makes you realize just, geez, Chris Jericho gets around. He knows a lot of people. Yeah, this was better than the match they did to celebrate thirty years of Jericho. Tanahashi being on TV was cool. It's just the beginning to plant the seeds. But I, I think for me, the, the takeaway appearance was definitely Steel Panther. Uh, Dolph Ziggler looks great. I don't know what he's doing, but he looks fantastic. Hasn't aged a day. And it was good to see him on AEW. <laughs> that, that, that's very good. Um, so, the, so, like I said, we had a bit of those throughout the evening. But our first match actually was Brian Cage versus Will Hobbs. For the FTW title, it was the first defense in 21 years, the commentary was telling us. Uh, and as, uh, you know, JR asks, Taz, tell us about the title that you created, uh, Taz, uh, 21 years ago. And Taz says, well, it, it's an anti-establishment title. It's 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 actually, it's a lifestyle, he tells us, Robert. Okay. Uh, yeah. And uh, I mean. Yeah, it's, it's a lifestyle. Um, basically says... God, my promoter doesn't pay me money. Hopefully that's not the case with Tony Khan and Brian Cage. Um, first of all, they're wrong because he did defend the title, I think, a couple of weeks ago on Dark. So the first time in 21 years, it's a bit weird. Was it a defense? Yes, okay. it was against Brian Pillman Jr. Okay. Oh, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, so that's, right. that's a weird miss for them. But this match was awesome. Will Hobbs is great. And I would not have been surprised to see him actually win the title here. This was actually, I really liked this match. Uh, you know, at first, of course, they were slugging it out. You know, and, and to me, looking at both these guys, it's more like that. It's more than two big meaty meat men, you know. The, these were two very strong guys. And there was a lot of this. There was a lot of showing off, uh, show, showing off their strengths. You know, we saw power bombs and a pump-handled face buster by Brian Cage, and I was, which, uh, which throttled me i thought that was amazing um uh, and uh but at the same time you also see brian cage pulling off standing moonsaults and you're like okay well really right there's nothing this he, he really do. is maybe the ultimate pro wrestler at times yeah at times at times he has these these moments of just like of complete brilliance where you think you've got this you think you've had you have him figured out excuse me but then he pulls off some some great stuff 
um, the, um, the, the, uh, last will and testament, which is Will Hobbs' spine buster, uh, is avoided, uh, but, and is followed by, uh, by a powerbomb. Uh, it's a shame, I find, that they named the, the powerbomb, uh, excuse me, the spine buster move, uh, as a finisher, but they have Brian Cage kick out of it. You know, okay, I get it, so it won't be the most protected finisher in AEW, but at the same time, you know, it is such a great sp- spine buster at the same time, you sort of want to give it some, uh, some gravitas. The the problem is they booked themselves into a corner because they have to protect Cage to a degree because he came in, lost immediately to Mox. So they need to build good credit sure. with him. But that's the problem when you're a fresh company. You know, you're going to run into these situations where you're kind of in a hole and you're somebody's going to have to lose and it's not always going to be the best move. Well, I think, I think that they can do a lot with Will Hobbs where they can build him as, as a guy who came in um, it was a hot up and comer, super strong, but like lost Brian Cage. And then he could win a couple matches and, you know, like you could build back up. He doesn't have to win his first match in order to be considered um, a strong. And, and you're right with about the spine buster. I'm wondering if he's got a, another thing he could pull out the next time to win a sure. match with. That's not the spine buster. And his spine buster becomes a signature move as opposed to a finish. Well, he also does uh, uh, a frog splash, which is, a, a, a thing to behold nonetheless because he's <laughs> well, he's not there you go i i think they want the thing to the thing to behold to be to be his finisher <laughs> it is the thing to behold but you know at the end of the day he's doing that spine buster like nobody's business and even though we did see the inventor of the move hit it tonight i think that might be one of the best going today um and you know just to circle to circle back around real quick you know if the if they book themselves into a corner and they need to build some credit for Brian Cage, which I completely understand, uh, just don't have Will Hobbs hit his move. That's all. Yeah, that, I agree. That's with all that. I have to do. Uh, but hey, the drill claw, which is uh, Hobbs's move, um, puts uh, Hobbs away for the match. Uh, Cage's move puts Hobbs away, and uh, Cage walks away, retaining his title after the match. Taz uh, offers uh, offers Hobbs a choice. Option A, uh, to join Team Taz. Option B, get the hell beat out of him. Uh, and before uh, before anything happens, uh, Darby Allen coming out with his uh, skateboard as if he's skipping six period to go smoke, uh, to, to sneak out to smoke a bit, runs in to run, run Team Taz away. Did you think of the finishing angle, Robert? Because clearly you like the match, and I agree it was a good one. What do you think about the match was good. And I got to believe this is a slow burn for Will Hobbs to accept the offer and join team Taz. I think Hobbs and cage seem more akin to Taz than Ricky Starks. Mm-hmm. I think Starks is just there to have somebody to take the pin. And that's not the best role for him because he's one of the best in the world right now. You know, yeah, I agree. So I, I think this might lead to some, more money and more character definition for Will Hobbs. Well, it, it, it's uh, it, it's all it, it's always good to see him on TV. Plus, he's uh, well, he's an indie darling right now. The fans really, really like him. So, yes, even though he's not indie, he's signed. You know what I mean? You know what I mean? We have Lance Archer uh, cutting uh, cutting a promo, or at least having a vignette to hype his match. Uh, his world title match with uh, John Moxley next week. And then a little later on, we have John Moxley. Hey, having a drink in a bar, but the bar is completely empty. I mean, if you're going to go have a whiskey somewhere, 
in a bar, this is the way to do it as far as social distancing goes. That's right. It, Moxley is a responsible champion. He's lived with the COVID, so he now he, he knows. knows. He absolutely knows. By the way, I'm going to uh, – Evan Wright left us a super chat. Thank you very much, Evan. He says, Excalibur telling Will Hobbs' story and the story of his brother on commentary was really good. thought commentary was good tonight. I did think that commentary was particularly on point this evening, and uh, I thought it was a little messy at first because you do have five people on commentary, yeah. and they're all trying to get their get, get their words in. But overall, I thought commentary did a good job tonight. Yeah, I think commentary with AEW is a bit of a sore spot because sometimes you know Jr. kind of goes off the rails, and again, you started the night with Taz and Starks and Tony on commentary with him. But for the most part, it was good tonight. And when everybody's on, there's maybe not a better team. I agree. FTR uh, defeated the Hybrid 2 in a 20-minute brush with greatness title match. Uh, however, the Hybrid started off in control using their speed to take over uh, Cash and Dax. Uh, FTR scrambled to get uh, to get back into the pace. They catch a splash to the floor and double team Evans with a dragon screw leg whip off the top turnbuckle. And that's basically the story of the match here. Uh, the, the FTR guys working on Evans's knee. Uh, Dax even crushes it uh, over the, uh, the barricade on the floor. Um, and Helico eventually gets a hot tag where he uh, starts uh, wrapping Dax and cash in a double submission on the floor. There's some good back and forth until FTR get back in control and they share German suplexes with each other into a matchbook co- cover, which was really, uh, which was really cool. I thought it was a great double team spot. Evans completely whiffs a top rope spinning move, but uh, it's the suplex, the suplex, excuse me, the superplex splash combo off the top rope that gets the job done with for FTR uh, commentary underscoring that this might be uh, for the young bucks. That it was a little nudge to the young bucks. Before we get into the post-match angles, Robert, how'd you feel about the match? Match was fun. Hybrid 2 don't get a lot of time to shine, so this felt special. I, I think it was Excalibur putting over it. Well, they won three times on Dark, and that means something. So it meant a lot for them to be able to get the TV time. I know Jack Evans just tweeted about it, how Angelico feels he's ready, but maybe Evans not so much. Maybe that played into the factor of, who was selling and who was taking the hot tag. Um, the Powerplex is always a good finish. I loved it when I first saw it back on uh, tapes of Power and Glory. I think FTR does it really well. The Young Bucks don't know how to watch TV. They, no. uh, Matt Jackson was watching it kind of backwards, but that's... Uh... <laughs> they were doing the WWE thing. Well, they make them stand sideways from the TV. But they and took it, it and then they said, okay, we're even going to overdo that. And of Matt course. Jackson... Just watched it backwards. A great little dig at WWE. But I thought it was a good match. FTR can't have a bad match as far as I'm concerned. This is how I'm going to do the podcast for the rest of the evening right here. <laughs> <laughs> no, but then you got to look, look like that. Like this. <laughs> like, like that. Yeah. So, <laughs> after the match, we see the, the Young Bucks. Wa- well, we saw the Young Bucks watching uh, the match throughout uh, throughout the uh, throughout the proceedings. And after the match, they super kicked the cameraman. Uh, again, just before we move a little further into uh, into the angle, the the, the other post match angle, um, 
I think it's time for another for this storyline to develop a little more, Robert. I don't know what you think, but I get it. The, the young bucks are mad for some reason, and uh, they're mad at officials and non wrestlers. I think it's time for us to get a little more, a little gore, a little more meat around this bone. Uh, and see that thing you say, you get it. I don't get it. Why are you mad? You've lost all of your opportunities. You yourself have failed yourself. I mean, if you're going to tell a story about another member of the elite projecting, they're really doing a good job of making themselves look like a team of crybabies. Uh, all they seem to do is project their shortcomings. I don't know if that's necessarily the best thing you want from your baby faces, but be that as it may, it's so clear this will be the full gear match, maybe the main event. But by next week, we need to know where they're going with this. Yeah, because it's, it's been a while. Like uh, Alex often likes to talk about WWE storytelling where you go from a from point A to point B, but then you stay on point B for weeks and weeks and weeks. And WWE likes to tell us, no, no, the storyline's advancing, but no, we're still at the same place. We've been at the same place with the Young Bucks story for the past three weeks right now. So I'm good with something happening just to give us some development here. And then finally... We get a graphic of FTR in hot dog suits. Get it? They're weenies. Because, yes, because comedy backyard wrestlers extraordinaire, the best friends come out to explain that they're weenies. But most importantly, to uh, to challenge FTR to uh, to a match next week at the anniversary show for their well, a title match. Um, and uh, they trade some fisticuffs at the end, but FTR bail. What do you think about the final angle for this segment? Um, so it sucks that they're blowing that match really quickly, but I guess you can't hold off on the Young Bucks match any longer. Best Friends look great after the parking lot brawl, and now it seems like they might get another quick shot and then lose yeah. and then back of the line. I don't know. I'm not sure that's the way to go with them either, but they're working with the best they can under these conditions. And at least we know it'll be a damn good match. And the thing is, is, and I agree with you because I think best friends are doing some, they, they probably look, I think they might be tag team of the year in AEW because they have done so much. They've been up and down. They've done every role and they've had nothing from good to great matches. This is my opinion so far, you know, FTR, not a problem. They've had they, they they've had some good matches as well. Of course, they haven't been around in AEW as much as 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 best friends have. They've been consistent throughout the entire year. So yeah, I think they're coming off real real strong uh, from the 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 parking lot brawl. It's a shame that they may be that this might turn out to be a a soft defense for FTR. You know what I mean? I think. I would call them the most consistent act in the tag team division in AEW. But yeah, it does suck that they are now the stopgap between FTR and the match everybody really wants to see. Because at some point, you're going to put the belt on Trent and Chucky, and it's going to be a big moment. But let's hope they don't sour that moment by having too many missed opportunities with them for the tag team titles already. Keith Kutak. Left us a super chat. Thank you very much, Keith. Hope I didn't mangle your last name too hard. Says that, can y'all see Starks being pushed away from Team Taz eventually? Cage or even Taz to be the one to sell him out and get him on his singles run. Um, What do you think, Robert? 
Uh, long term, yes. I hope that's not an angle they move to too quickly. I, I worry that the inclusion of a guy who fits more of the dynamic of Team Taz might rush that angle, and we don't need that. You know, I think AEW's biggest problem is they rush to too many of the good things and maybe stall on too many of the things that don't need it, and that would be an example of that. And I also think that Taz and Ricky Starks have some very natural chemistry. If you listen to their commentary on Dark together, I think they they really are a very good match for one another. I think it works for now. I, I you know, eventually I think everyone can split up except for the New Day. But uh, I agree with Robert. Let's give it some let's give it some loose before we start talking about splitting up. Remember, folks. Give us a like, share out the tweet, uh, share out and tweet uh, the link here. Let's, uh, if, you, if you're enjoying what, what's going on here, the Super Chats are still open, just like the one I read. We have MJS talk, uh, MJS? Sure. MJF yeah. as well, talking about his first meeting with uh, Chris Jericho and how Jericho gave him some advice at the time, reminiscing back then, continuing their little frenemy angle that they have going. But we'll talk about that a little later on. Uh, at the end of the main event, because then, because now we have to talk about Cody Rhodes defeating Brody Lee to regain the TNT Championship in a dog collar match, which had the word, which can be defined by the word blood. Everyone oh. bladed. Um, even people who weren't involved in the match bladed. Um, Cody, of course, comes to the ring with Coach Arn and Brandy. Uh, Lee comes out with Anna Jay and John Silver. Uh, and, and they give it the big match feel. Like, they, you know, they really put over the fact how dangerous this match was, Robert. You know, introducing Doc Samson, you know, ringside uh, medical official or doctor. They probably use the word doctor as opposed to medical anything. You know, they just probably go right into that. Uh, And uh, they also uh, point out that Greg Valentine is in the audience who had that legendary and extremely brutal and at some points very, very hard to watch dog collar match versus Roddy Piper in 1983. They mentioned it a couple of times, folks. If you've never seen it, uh, I'm for sure uh, you can find it easily out there. And oh boy, uh, there's a reason why why they wanted to lean into that. Um, I like the the idea that they gave it uh, this big match feel to it, Robert. What do you think? This should have been the main event match. Mm-hmm. I, I get that you wanted the bit, and I'm skipping ahead here of the end credits all saying Chris Jericho, but like this should have been the match that closed the show. Even if you had to do the corny lights out gimmick to have this match at the end, this should have closed the show. Uh, Cody bleeds too much in every match for me. Like it, it's just egregious at this point. Like we get it. You like the NWA. You want to bleed every time you wrestle. I get it. <laughs> you you know, it's like, I, I get it. He misses his dad, and that's touching to a degree. But, man, slow it down. You don't need to bleed all the time. By the way, there is a pandemic Can you... going on, and I, I feel like we need to address that when we see so much blood just all over the place. Yeah, the whole, like, uh, hey, could you get your blood in my blood, and then let's get it all over everything? Wouldn't that be a good thing to do, you know, during right now when everybody's might be dying? Hey, hey, Brody, you want to like taste my blood kind of sort of for the camera, you know, like, you know, if I (sighs) if I started cutting myself because I miss my dad, they'd probably send me to a therapist. (laughs) 
I'm just saying, you know. Just... But when you do it on TV, oh, when you do it on you're TV, a star. yeah, exactly. No, I, of course, I'm you're kidding. a star, yeah. sir. Uh, but uh, hey, this was this was something else, wasn't it? Though, and I mean, and I agree. I think just before we get into the match, I I kind of agree. Cody Cody likes to blade a lot, like you said. He likes his southern style wrestling. He this is the thing. This is part of the stuff that he wants to bring back. He wants to bring back the the the, the grittiness and the violence of it. But damn man, if you do it every match, it just loses a lot of its uh, of its potency of its drama. And that's one of the reasons. That's one of the reasons why people got fed up with or started cringing when they started seeing too many blade jobs because it's like, oh, okay, we're bleeding again. And that's. I, I think he could skip for a while, like really wait to a really big time match before doing it again. I would agree. It was very appropriate here, added to the match for sure. But now well, let's not do it for another three weeks to a month. You oh, know, we could stretch it out even a little longer than that. Make it even impactful. a little more. But I'm thinking they got a pay per view in a month. Yeah, you know? then, let's let's at least wait till the pay per view. Make us make us miss it. Make us make us miss it before bringing it back. The Jam 1 Ryan B. Jam left us a super chat. Thank you very much. The Jam 1 Ryan B. Jam said the collar, the dog collar match felt like a pay-per-view. A paper. Per- What's wrong with me tonight? This felt like a pay-per-view quality match. It was fantastic. Yeah, it was. Uh, early on, uh, yeah, Brody Lee showing off his strength. Uh, Cody is trying to get one up on him, but he can't. Cody goes for a springboard cutter, but Lee yanks him off the top rope, which was really cool. You have John Silver blading uh, uh, on the outside. And immediately. He, immediately. Uh, and Lee sits him down in a chair. He's like, sit down, take a load off. But then Cody drop kicks him. Um, of course, like, and that's the thing. We've talked about this. If you don't watch BTE and you don't understand the relationship between Lee and Silver and Silver's role within the Dark Order, I'm pretty sure this wasn't half as funny as it was uh, if you do watch it. Um, Lee DDT, Cody's on uh, on the chain, and that gets Cody to Blade. Uh, and Brody, man, he's just pummeling him. He is absolutely pummeling here uh, him. Uh, they brawl onto the floor. Um, Lee uses the chains to ram Cody into the barricades. He sets up a table that ends up being a spot that happens during the commercial, mind you. Co- Gotta get that picture in picture. But I mean, Jesus, man, he power he package pile drives Brody Lee off the apron through the table, and that happens in P and P. That kind of I, I, that blows my mind. You got to make sure they're always watching. I think that's a bad habit that modern content creators have. It's just. No, I got to keep you always watching. When you know, like, if on the other side of the picture it's a cricket commercial, I'm not going to be paying attention. Um, Back in the ring, well, the, the Brody Lee blades as well after this spot here. So everyone is bleeding. And by God, Brody bleeds. I mean, he's channeling Bruiser Brody at this point in his look with the blood and the way that he's fighting. Uh, it's ridiculous. Uh, he... Uh, uh, so back in the ring, Cody starts whipping Lee with the chain. Arn gets involved because when Lee chucks a chair at Arn, Arn gets pissed off. He enters the ring. Alex Reynolds tries to do a run in on Arn, but he he gets spine bustered by Anderson. Then Lee punks out, uh, punks out Arn. Uh, 
Uh, Cody fights back. Moonsaults off the top rope. He hits a crossroads. Brody Lee kicks out at one. Uh, there's, uh, there's, uh, there's a superplex. Cody avoids the discus clothesline. Hits the final cut. Wraps the chain around Brody Lee's face in a hell of a visual. I'll give you that much. Then hits another crossroads for the win. The Dark Order come out and there they are in complete disbelief. As I was to a degree. Myself as well. Uh, what do you think of the, So give us some... So wrap up your thoughts on the match here, man. So I like the visual with the chain in the face and they're grimacing through the blood. I thought it was a really cool spot where... Cody used the chain to kind of hit an off-the-apron cutter. I Again, that package pile driver, great spot, but should have been on TV. Yeah. Maybe they weren't aware that they were in picture-in-picture. Picture. That's maybe not their fault. Um, really odd championship change here. It felt like you were just starting to get there with Brody, and you're cutting it off again. I don't know if people care going forward. He's lost to Moxley. Now he had the big run and he's already lost it back to Cody. I get that Cody had to go do the big show or the go big what, show. What is that? The the go big show. But like, because I, 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 I Cody didn't have Brody. to go off to do the big show because I'm sorry. Yeah, it would be very awkward in another way. But, you know, uh, big show is kind of lonely right now. <laughs> Netflix show got canceled. <laughs> but, you know. I thought it was really good. I didn't like the post-show promo or the post-match promo because he's talking like, again, it's a, it's a dusty callback. It's the, I want to reach across the aisle and feel the energy from you people. It's like, Cody, okay, I know you're excited that there's live audiences back and you can say this, but it's not the first time you've won anything. And it's certainly not the biggest crowd you've won anything in front of. I get the message but it felt flat for me. It felt more like fan service to the old school NWA stuff. And I'm going to go a step further with that and say the next match is a cage match. I quit a la uh, Magnum TA, Tully Blanchard at the pay-per-view. Cage, I quit. Brody and Cody Rhodes. Well, okay. Well, that's a hell of a prediction. You know, I, I don't mind the throwbacks because I think this is one thing that, that AEW does really, really well being able to 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 juggle the old school type of wrestling started to bring back the jaded fan who misses that type of stuff with very newfangled new ways of wrestling as some people like to call it the flippy shit you know but i think that i think it, it they're good they're very good at reaching out to uh to uh, very different niches within a niche uh which is professional wrestling that being said i agree with you in fact, I'll tell you, I've heard this Cody promo before, and you know, and I and I get it. He's intense. He's the guy who will. Uh, he speaks from the heart. You can't take anything away from that. But we've heard this promo before, and it didn't seem that big. And the cynical side of me wants to. You know, I don't like to be too overtly cynical, but the cynical guy in me says, "Oh, so Cody goes off uh, for a month or so to." To, to to shoot a show and he comes back and he takes his title back. Huh, okay. You know, I, now, it, and it feels, it feels a little strange. Now, I don't want to get too cynical either. Don't want to step on Alex's gimmick, but I mean, but it's okay, Warren. 
because you know he can't challenge for the world title because he made that rule because he's aware of the of the stigma but he's going to take this title and make it his completely always forever that's what it looks like to me right now Evan Wright left us a super chat thank you very much Evan he says I'm going to need to disagree about this main eventing talking about this match here debate was uh, going to tank their viewership every uh, was going to tank their viewership anyways Feels like you need to put this at nine to keep people. Um, not a bad, not a bad analysis, I'd say. But you know, as far as you know, if you put this in a bubble, in and about itself, with the outside world not looking in, it is kind of weird that this didn't finish. Uh, that this didn't finish the show. That's fair, and the logic probably was due to the debate. But I think main event to main event. NXT was much stronger. What this ran against was, you know, very weak. I think AEW could have kept them regardless. So I really would have kept this towards the end. But we still had more with Cody after he uh, did the babyface promo. Keith K left us a super chat. And I can call him Keith K now because he says in his super chat, you can just call, you can just say Keith K, LOL, that's cool. Thank you, Keith K. Thanks for responding to my super chat. Well, thank you for the super chat. And thank you for the second one as well. Where do you think Brody goes from here? A third with Cody or move on? Well, Robert does think that uh, that we're getting that we're getting something else, and I have a tendency to agree. Yeah, I'm definitely going Cage. I quit, or maybe one of the two. But I think they just go all the way Starcade '85, and then after that, I I don't know. I think you got to keep Brody strong somehow, or you got to. Put him in the tag division. I don't know. We had an announcement for three more contestants in the uh, world ta- in the uh, AEW World Championship number one contendership championship title tournament. Yeah, something, something like, that. like that. That sounds about right. We got three more con- three more participants joining. Jungle Boy, uh, Phoenix, Ray Phoenix, and Kenny Omega will be Wardlow. Colt Cabana and the big reveal, Hangman Page. Immediately, we get to Alex Marvez interviewing Kenny Omega backstage. Omega saying that is is very confident. He's probably he's going to win this. He's going to challenge whoever's going to hold the title at the end of the pay per view. And he even takes a slight dig, calling Hangman saying Hangman calling Hangman Page a tag team wrestler who has an interest in this singles title. And I thought that was some mwah, chef's kiss. Cordon blue shade, uh, Robert. What do you think of these new entrants here and the entrance of Hangman Page into the fray? Well, that was a given. I Dick have announced it last week, and it would have been okay. That was obvious once he found out Kenny was in the tournament. That's got to be your final. It should be your final. Do you think it telegraphs it um, a little too much? Maybe a little too much. Maybe it telegraphs so much that they just don't even get that far into it. But Wardlow is good. He needs more of a chance to shine. And, you know, obviously Hangman Page was going to be a main player in AEW always. And Colt Cabana is former NWA world champion, former NWA national champion. He can wrestle when he feels like it. And he's one of the best in the world when he feels like it. So this was good as far as the promo. Man, it goes back to what I said earlier. More projecting from those elite baby faces. I've never seen just such a group of just, God, they're they're almost like high school children. I, I don't know what to do with them sometimes, you know? 
maybe two BTE for their television show. You know what I mean? Oh, I see what you mean. Evan Wright leaves uh, left us a super chat again. Thank you very much, Evan. Once again, he says Kenny alluding to the uh, alluding to the G one was amazing. Lots of New Japan tonight on AEW. Yeah, well, it's hard to it, it's hard to not consider. Uh, to think about Kenny Omega's career without weighing heavily into what he did in New Japan. That's what made him a superstar. But yes, I am. It definitely was. I am glad. And, that you know, I think Go ahead. we just got the news about uh, Harold May not being the president anymore. And they're running with that. Will they, won't they immediately. But Kenny Omega, tournament wrestler. He's got to go to the finals. Whether or not Hangman makes it, I don't know. But Kenny has to go all the way. It's it's something that people have been clamoring for for a while. And I think a lot of us have been patient. We want to see some singles action from Kenny Omega. Big Swole uh, defeated uh, Serena Deeb. This was a, a, a solid uh, solid uh, little match they had here. Lots of back and forth. Deeb picks Swole apart and she looked great. Some great technical work. Some great groundwork. In control for most of the match until Swole hits a back elbow and a headbutt. There's a little more back and forth that ends with another headbutt and dirty dancing by Big Swole for the win. Uh, I don't have any other word to say than solid. This was another good showing from the AEW women's division. Two yeah. weeks in a row. Not, not much needs to be said here. It's exactly what it needed to be. And hopefully this starts a good trajectory for a division that has been widely criticized and rightfully so. Well, we had a solid match last week with uh, with Brit and Velvet Sky. We have another one here that's very good. Uh, Red Velvet. Uh, Velvet Sky. Yes, not else. Velvet Sky. Oh, wow. Excuse me. <laughs> I use the words good match and Velvet Sky in the same sentence. I apologize. You would have remembered if it was Velvet Sky because Taz would have been on commentary <laughs> saying let the pigeons loose. <laughs> good point. Uh, but yes, but basically my point here is that we have two very, we had, we had two very solid women's matches, uh, in a row. So good. Let's, uh, hope that, let's hope that keeps up. Uh, main event time, chaos project were, uh, defeated by, uh, Jake Hager and Chris Jericho. Um, of course, Hager and Jericho come out with the inner circle. I mean, I don't know how much we need to talk about the match in and about itself, uh, commentary did their best to really put over the fact that Jericho and Luther have all this really rich, deep history with each other. Well, they have fought in the past. Let's, let's just, let's just call it that. It's like suddenly in 20 years, people will start talking about this really, really, really rich, deep history between Yujiro Takahashi and, and Kazuchika Okada, you know? Um, I mean, it's fine. Uh, Serpentico, uh, Serpentico uses his quickness as, as much as he can until Jericho clotheslines him down. Luther comes in and they go at it. Jericho hits a lion salt. Um, Luther sentons off the top, uh, off the top rope to the floor. He also does um, a top rope. Uh, I guess a bulldog, a two-fisted bulldog onto Jericho off the top rope. Man, every yeah, time, every that, time Luther, sounds, right? every time Luther climbs up on the top ropes, he seems unsteady and wobbly. It's 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 kind of scary. I I don't want to knock him too much, no. but it seems like this is the first time he's been in a match that went past five to seven minutes. Maybe, uh, like he did, they did a spot where Sammy tossed in the bat and Luther caught it and hit Jericho, 
And I thought that might be the end. And there was this weird, he hits the ropes barely and like stops midway and kind of kicks Jericho. It was just very weird. It seems like for a guy who's been in the company for a year and constantly wrestling on dark, he's not there. I mean, obviously the history is there between them. They started in Canada together, but this is indulgence on the part of Chris Jericho, just throwing a bone to his buddy and it's fine for what it is, but I don't need to see it ever again. I'll be honest and say I was looking over at the left side of my screen because what Ember Moon and Rhea Ripley were doing was far, far more entertaining than what was happening on AEW. After the match, we're gonna be, because, of course, the the uh, Judas Effect uh, wins the match for uh, Hager and Jericho, who are still undefeated as a tag team. After the match, Jericho thanks all the fans for 30 years in the business, but gets interrupted by MJF's music. But MJF comes out and says, no, no, cut the music. This isn't about me. And yet he comes out with Wardlow and someone under uh, a sheet. MJF says he wants to be a part of the celebration and is bringing a gift for the champion. And he uh, and Wardlow removes the sheet, only to reveal that it's Clownical the Clown, mm-hmm. who has another present for Chris Jericho, which he unwraps to reveal a uh, to reveal a portrait, a framed portrait of. MJF. Jericho sort of looks at it and cracks it over Clownico's head, saying that he hates clown. He hates clowns and tells him very menacingly, him being MJF, don't ever interrupt me again. They stare each other down, but ah, they're just ah, you're my ah, buddy. You gotcha, 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 gotcha. They they're just ragging on each other, and then they do a Saturday Night Live. Uh, esque cast uh, outing where all the heels hit the ring they hug, they cheer the credits for the end of the show have nothing but Chris Jericho on it yeah there you go sure did Uh, (laughs) I I think the money here is that MJF has an announcement next week that he wants Jericho there for we know that MJF wants a stable of some kind, will it just be the entire inner circle and they just beat out Jericho. I don't know, but this, this sucked. I mean, really, the, the show could have ended with Cody and Brody and left a far better impression. Uh, Clownico was dumb. They could have gotten a better framed portrait of MJ. It just seemed very lazy, and I think they could have done more for 30 years of Jericho. I think so, too. I think it was... Uh... It, it it you know I don't like it. I'm gonna call a spade a spade. Uh, I don't like it when WWE ends their 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 shows with a segment and not a match. It's the same thing here. I'm not. I don't like going out on a main event segment as opposed to to a match. I don't think it was that good an angle. I thought it was a little too corny. Um, but hey, it 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 doesn't happen often that AEW has a misstep like this. Uh, otherwise, this was yeah, a very solid show. Anakin left us a super chat. Thank you very much again, Anakin. Says, uh, I know it was never going to happen, but imagine if Kevin Owens had shown up in a video reminding Chris Jericho of the Festival of Friendship. Well, it probably could have happened if uh, WWE had kept Cameo up. I know. Jericho could have just bought it, right? <laughs> they could have easily done that. But, you know, now he's going to have to pay rights fees to WWE, and he's certainly not doing that. Maybe it could have been a give back. Like, you know, Steen gives uh, Cody the package pile driver for the night. They get to use his face. 
it's it could have been a give back Aaron entertainment left us a super chat as well thank you very much says uh what do you think the plans are with jericho and mjf um i kind of feel like it's uh i, I feel like we're heading into full gear with this uh, i would think so whether it's a one-on-one or a well, we know it won't be a tag because Wardlow's in the tournament. So maybe just one-on-one between those two. And maybe there's a faction war. I don't know. Yeah. I I definitely think it's a singles match. And Jericho's full babyface with the crowd singing Judas. And that's a very babyface move. I think, for the most part, the crowd loves Jericho. This could be the time. I think I think Jericho has that Adam Cole energy, you know, where he's supposed to be a heel, yes. but people still cheer for him, you know, kind of thing. I, I, I think there's a potential of, of there being like an NWO white, an NWO red, with a split of the inner circle, some of them following MJF. And you could get that kind of a thing. It's a very it's a very old school type of thing to have a, a faction split and then you don't know which one to root for whatever guys go back and forth oh there's a mole in inner circle red who's the mole it's horace you know, hogan a lot of fun like that. it's horace hogan yeah, absolutely that's it's exactly who i was thinking keith k left us a super chat again thank you very much keith he says uh, what is your take on chris statlander do you think she'll come back strong and shoot to the top she was a top contender for the title before her knee took her out i think she can come back real strong she See, you go ahead robert I think she got lucky. I mean, getting to go back to your home planet right before COVID. I mean, really, she uh, she Not clearly won. You know, she clearly won. So what I would do is I'd, I'd keep her away until it's safe. Well, yeah, there you go. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. That's all I got, you know, keep it away. I, I, I think she was very solid. Uh, I, I'd seen her wrestle on indie shows. Uh, she uh, she uh, took to wrestling very, very quickly. She She's still very fresh as far as her experience goes. I think that when she ended up on AEW, one of the, I, I think it was clear that she wasn't, uh, she wasn't quite ready to wrestle for a television crowd, you know, because that does require a certain amount of uh, retraining don't you can't do the same things that you do during an indie show, so on and so forth. Uh, and I think that might have exposed a couple of things, but I thought she's always been very solid, one of the stronger women that they have as well. Uh, bummed out that she got injured. Hopefully, she will be able to come back very, very soon, folks. Like this video, share it out. We're still taking super chats, we're gonna take them all throughout our discussion right now of NXT. 
Alex, before we start, I want to get your thoughts on the Capital Wrestling Center that debuted at uh, at Takeover this weekend. What what do you think about the setup? I I really like the sheer wall mm-hmm. of screens as opposed to the tiered thing at the Amway Center. I think it, it looks uh, very very cool and futuristic, like. Like like a gladiator arena in the year 3000 where nobody ever actually leaves their homes, but you're all like you buy a ticket to sit in one of the screens. It's it's a cool look. I like that. I think the the, the chain link and the plexiglass mm-hmm. thing, that's a kind of interesting idea. Um, I don't know. Like everybody's trying to figure out what we're going to do here. Like apparently the governor of Florida says everybody can fill a whole arena. The Miami Dolphins can play in front of 65,000 fans this week. And Miami Dolphins are like, um, yeah, we don't want our fans to die of a terrible disease, so we're good. But who knows what Vince is going to do. Yeah, yeah, but... So, you know, like uh, up until that point, up until we get all fans there, everyone's trying something new of how to like present fans actually being there without actually being there unless you're AEW who just says yeah fuck it come on in and we'll socially distance you and everybody wear a mask and we'll all be safe and as much as we can in times like this but it's different i i like it better than what they were doing before i'll say that well i i i think the setup is really good and you know what i really appreciate what i really like is uh is how it's lit it's not as mm-hmm. you know pristine and 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 sharp as as it is on the two major shows, it kind of feel you know it feels indie super show. It feels mm-hmm. more like what NXT should feel like, you know. Yes. No lasers. No like these and these uh, mind melting uh, uh, um, light arrangements. It feels it feels a lot more. You know, there's a lot more smoke machine as well involved. It feels a little a little grittier, kind of probably kind of the look they were trying to go they were trying to go for with Raw Underground, but yeah, they're moving it on over here. Hey, but well, what a way to kick off the evening, man! Tommaso Ciampa versus Kushida. Uh, there's back and forth, obviously, to start this one off until Kushida hits a drop kick and some kicks. I love the spot where Kushida uh, goes for a flip. He does a handstand, and Ciampa's just right there, and Baseman drop kicks the arm so that he falls. I loved that spot. Um, Ciampa then starts to pick Kushida apart, grounds him with submissions, hits a neck breaker. He dictates the pace for the better part of the match until uh, Kushida hits a German suplex and a kick, tries to go for an arm breaker. Ciampa breaks out of it with a, uh, with a, um, with a power bomb. They trade some strikes. Uh, Kushida uh, then starts stomping, um, starts stomping uh, um, Champa, but you'll notice that he was stomping him on the back of the neck, which uh, which adds to this new vicious Kushida. Goes for the hoverboard lock, uh, but uh, that all comes. Uh, Champa tries to fight out, and that all comes to an end when Velveteen Dream interferes, jumps off the top rope to break the hoverboard. Actually, he ends up hurting Champa more as the uh, as the it all gets broken apart. But Kushida chases him off. What'd you think of the match? And then, what did you think of the post match angle? Oh, this was a totally unexpected. I did not 
think I when I wake up today saying, you know what? Uh I I I assume I will get tonight is Kushida versus Tommaso Ciampa on TV. Um uh so that's great. The match was uh, I expected them to do like a a thing they did with like Keith Lee and Braun Strowman the other night. We're like these two guys just cannot be contained. We're going to do this match again next week. Um and no, they full on gave us a whole match and somehow also was able to um doing um uh, uh protecting everybody. Um Champa and and Kushida can have this match over and over and over again as far as I'm concerned. This was great. Um uh, the attack at the end, um, where where Dream attacked and hit Champa, mm-hmm. but Champa was g- given the disqualification because everybody knew he meant to hit Kushida was interesting, um, and I did love the touch of Champa being pissed that it ended that mm-hmm. way. He did not want to win by DQ. He did not give up. He did not intend to give up inside the hoverboard lock. He thought he was going to win that match versus Kushida which is a great thing, not like him going, yeah, I beat you because a, a fellow heel helped me out. Like, no, he hates Velveteen Dream too, and I can't wait for next week when Tommaso Ciampa dismembers Velveteen Dream. That's going to be great too. Um, yeah, th- th- that, that's, that's, this, was, this was all very good for me. Can I just say that I think it's, uh, they missed a good opportunity here to keep Dream off of TV. Yes. They wrote him off with an injury. And they missed a good opportunity no, to no. keep him off TV. Maybe let the fires cool a little bit. Maybe even move him over to the main roster. But it, uh, no, it appears he is still safely nestled inside NXT. They, they like the controversy it creates. Heat! Heat, Robert! That's the most important thing in all of wrestling. Heat! I like I heat, it. too, I, I but I'm not I trying to it. stick my arm inside an oven. You know what I mean? Like, I, I, I hate it. I hate it as well. But I, I, they're they're putting him on because it's going to create controversy among their most uh, loyal fans, and for the for the casuals who turn in, they have no idea what the hell Velveteen Dream is accused of, or even if he is accused of anything. They're just they're just, they're just watching a TV show, so it doesn't matter to them. It's it's a weird thing, but uh, yeah, the, the Dream thing is is horrible. And yet, I feel like we're just going to have to suffer through it for a while longer. Well, Triple H told us that these are immature decisions that he made, right? They're just they're immature decisions. Right. No, no, yeah. So just... I wrote that. And, like, <laughs> I immediately felt like, oh, God, this is going to get some serious backlash. But it felt like a father trying to protect his son. Like, hey, my son did a bad thing, but he's not a bad kid. He's just confused. Yeah. And they left it at that. And it is what it is, because I guess they're going to get... They're going to do whatever they want anyway. Boys will be boys. In Eh. this case, um, men will do boys. (laughs) Anakin JMT left us a super chat. Thank you very much again, Anakin. Says, it's sad that Dream has gone from thoroughly entertaining to a cold, wet fart. Well... You know, I sort of said it last week, right? It's WWE knows we know, but they don't want us to know that we know, but they know we know. So they're going to let us kind of know that they know without telling us they know. That's why they're dialing them back. Donovan Dijak wants to eat pie. Left us a super chat. Thank you very much, Donovan. There's a theme this evening. I I see Warren doing a Kamala Harris impression here. 
I am not even going to try that. Nope. Uh, nope. Not even remotely. But thank you very much because it'll probably get me into trouble. Thank you very much for uh, for the super chat. Not that I don't like Kamala Harris. It's just, yeah, no, I'm not going to even try to remotely entertain that. Aaron Entertainment left us a super chat. Thank you very much. Um, he says that the women's division is too stacked on the face side. Oh, there were there are a lot of uh, there are a lot of faces. We saw a couple couple of faces uh, come together tonight as a team. As Ember Moon graced us with her presence after her surprise return uh, on Sunday evening, and I just, straight off the bat, Alex, you know she she got the reception from the from the uh, from the extras in the crowd. That's fine. She got the WWE. E2K18 heat cranked up to the yep. max. Imagine though, if she oh. had returned to the full sale crowd. My God, the, the we'd still be hearing the pop echoing off the mountains over yonder. <laughs> like it's 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 yeah. It's, it, there are a lot of of things that we we missed out. Uh, 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 like actual um, reactions from the crowd, and it's a weird thing because. I feel like if you actually turned up the mics on the, the the full sale fans at the Capitol Wrestling Center, they would actually create the response that you want, as opposed to piping in this ambient crowd noise. It's not not good. She says she saw she's shocked they're letting her talk tonight. Uh, it's been a long fourteen months, but she says she's found clarity in establishing Ember's law. Which is corny, she admits. But basically, Ember's law is, no one is going to tell me what to do. I get to do what I want to do. Damn it. Her delivery was priceless on that. That cut brings out Io Shirai, who hits the ring. But before anything happens there, Rhea Ripley comes out. She starts to cut a promo, but she gets mugged by Raquel Gonzalez. And Dakota Kai is there as well. Ember Moon rushes into. Uh, to take out Dakota as EO just flips her hair in the ring and looks on. Damn. I love myself a smart champion, Alex. Oh yeah. No, and she says later in the interview, like that's not my problem. Exactly. This is my problem. Patting the, uh, the, the championship belt. I think that's, that's smart. I like that. EO just stays firmly in the middle. She's not in either face nor heels. She's just EO. I think that's a great way to be for her. It works for her perfectly. Um, and uh, that's why that, that's what's so great is she, she can face either baby faces or heels and just be EO and it doesn't matter. She's just going to be her. That's good. Um, uh, I, I liked I liked all this. I, I thought that, you know, Ember coming out and basically saying, like, you know, I'm, I'm back and I, I want that gold. That's that's great. The thing about her is that the, the thing I really think that they had a huge misstep during her time in NXT, they should have just had her beat Asuka. Mm-hmm. Like. Having Asuka then, like, go up the main roster while injured and bequeath the title to Ember. And Ember basically, I mean, I, I'm assuming she she defended it on on TV at some point. But I rem- in my brain, it's the first time that she defended it on a takeover, she lost it. So, like, she never actually won the title. She didn't actually really... She was never really a champion. She was a she was a vessel to get the title from Asuka to Shayna Baszler. Like that was all she was, and that was not what she deserved. She was so much better than that. I think in NXT, if memory serves me correctly, I think she defended it twice against 
she probably had some TV defenses, but she defended it twice against Shayna. And the the first match, uh, the, and she she rolls her up. She gets her, she rolls she her up by by rolling. She her got up. the the stupid roll up thing that Shayna never should succumb to. But yes. at the second, but Correct. at the second takeover that she fought Shayna, yeah. that's where she lost. So she defended it once, uh, and they had her win cheesily, not strong, and then and then she lost it. Um, she deserved better than that. Deserved far better than the way she was treated on the main roster, oh. including. Like we have, we need to talk about this. She almost ended her career because they were like, "Hey, you, you person who doesn't matter, join the string of jobbers chasing after our truth." And then she slips in some water and nearly ends her career because they 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 thought that she was the same as I don't know Drake Maverick. Not to say anything to slander his name because he's great now, but at the time, and I don't know Mojo Raleigh and Eric Young. Like that was. She was just there. So let's just do this. Um, it's amazing that she's back. She looks great. We'll talk about the match later. She looks great in the match. I'm so happy that she is back. It, it, and also, the women's division is stacked at the top. I mean, as far as, like, heavy in the face side, sure. But, like, EO proves you could do whatever you want. Like, you can be whatever you want in that division because it just it's just going to produce great matches. All the women who are, who are at the top of that division – are so, so great in the ring. I think what Aaron Entertainment in his Super Chat meant was uh, star power was star power wise. You know, with Ember ah. and Rhea uh, being being your figureheads here, mm-hmm. uh, who else on the heel side has that type of attraction? Even Shotzi on top of this. You can add Shotzi to that, uh, to that trio there. I, I, I guess I, I don't – when I look at that group, I don't look at them and say, you really need a really strong heel in that division to make it work. Like, if, if Shayna was still around, would it be better? Uh, I guess. But, like, it's just a bunch of amazing women who have – all have their sights set on the title. Sure. And you could make me believe that any one of them is primed to take that title from EO with, like, two weeks' worth of work. It's, it's great. They're all in perfect position. Later on, we do get a promo with uh, Dakota Kai and uh, Raquel Gonzalez uh, calling out Rhea and Ember Moon. We'll talk about the match at the end of the review because I think that's the spot it deserves. Yes. Drake Maverick has another promo where I'm arriving with my suitcase. And uh, he says that he's been uh, sending messages about ideas and entrance music ideas to Killian Dane because he's got... Big ideas in the pipeline for their tag team. And Killian Dane approaches him and says, what are you talking about? We're not doing it. We're not a tag. We're not friends. We're not even a tag team. But Drake informs him we have a match with Everrise this evening. And uh, Dane gets... Ir- this would be a lot easier if you would just give me your number so I could so text, I could text you. you. <laughs> it was just so sweet. Like, this would be a lot easier for everybody if you just give me your number and I could text you this kind of stuff. I love how Dane just went... You know, he wants to strangle him. He's like, week after week, I keep punching you in the mouth and you keep coming back. This is not working. What, yeah. do, I have, what do I have to do? Let's talk about the match then where Drake Maverick and Killian Dane defeated Everrise. Uh, they come out with the, the theme song, Alex. The theme song, man. It's like, it's they come out and the, the, the Tron is all lit up, all sweet and everything. And, and Drake Maverick could not be happier to be there. Dane doesn't know what world he exists in. How did I let this happen to me? Don't you remember a few years ago, I was a wrecking machine in a war games match. What has happened to me? And what has happened to you, Killian, is that you are in 
One of the greatest tag team angles that NXT has ever had. I'm telling you, you don't, don't know it yet. That theme song <laughs> is so damn catchy. I wish I could whistle better, so I'm going to have to hum it. Dee, dee, doo, doo. Dee, dee, doo, doo. Dee, dee, doo, doo. Doo, doo, doo. Doo, doo, doo. Like, that's fantastic. It's just so upbeat. And to have Rick Maverick dancing out to it down the ramp while Killian Dane hates his life in the background, it's just frigging amazing. And then the match is fun, too. Like, Everrises are perfect foils for this thing. They're never going to win this match. Who cares? But they're great hands, and they're great to actually be there and put over all of that crap. Um, I'm not disparaging them by calling them great hands. You need somebody there who you know is never going to be in danger of winning the match, but who's always going to make everything that's, that's happening in the match look great, and they did. I like... Um, sorry. I, 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 I like how they, how they incorporate this dynamic... You know, between Drake and 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 Dane uh, into the match as well, but without making it, yep. it it works. You know, kind of, it's it just, some good, it smartly thought out angles that can pass off as comedy without being an, a full blown comedy match. You know, like they they start to argue when Dane goes for a Vader bomb. Uh, Chase rolls Drake up before Dane can um, can break it can break it up as well. Uh, Dane then power bombs Drake onto Chase for the pin and win. And Drake dances after the match, but Dane just sna- smacks him one and on the chin again. He goes to leave, but his his Northern Ireland heart, Alex, is is melting. It's getting softer because instead of just leaving him there, he drags him out of the ring, plop, plops him on top of his shoulder, and carries him away. As Drake gives us the thumbs up, we were talking about this before coming on the air. J- they're letting Drake Maverick be. Rockstar Spud. They're letting him be Rockstar Spud, and he is shining in ways he hasn't shined before in WWE. This is going to work, Alex, because Drake Maverick is perfect for this. Listen, here's the thing about about Drake Maverick, about Mr. Rockstar Spud. What an amazing run this past few years have been. Like, as the actual serious general manager of 205 Live, he presided over the best run in that in that shows history to me like that 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 tournament to be the new champion after enzo left like and him presiding over all Mm -hmm. of it was like with with the mustafa ali and cedric alexander thing with buddy murphy all of that was he was so great as that thing there there were missteps along the way but he he tried to make it work where he was managing aop that wasn't his fault that was terrible writing like the the, him um uh being in the in the 24 7 title picture and you know like he can't consummate with his wife unless he's wearing the title belt that wasn't my deal of comedy but i know a lot of people who loved that kind of stuff good for him the thing where he got fired and turned it into a cool run in the, in the cruiserweight title tournament but we all know he wasn't actually going to be a part of the cruiserweight title picture so what does he do he finds killian dane and creates gold in the tag division a tag division by the way that is in complete shambles mm-hmm. because this whole thing, remember a few a weeks ago where they had the weird singles thing where like yep. two members of each team had a tag match and, and Birch and Strong won that match and they were supposed to then have a match against each other to then see what whose team would face Brizongo, but that singles match still hasn't happened and Danny Birch is in a thing with Ridge Holland tonight and Strong appears to be healthy, so I don't know why they haven't done that match yet. 
but it, maybe it's because Brizongo is indisposed. We don't know, but they're not mentioning it, so it's just weird. Killian Dane and Drake Maverick can be an amazing uh, pair in that tag division that will will we'll want to see win and want to see win, and when they finally do, and it, and it and it happens not by Drake Maverick being power bombed onto somebody, but by Drake Maverick saving Killian Dane from certain defeat and winning the match on his own. What an amazing reaction that's going to get from you know the people who are in a sheer face of LED screens. But still, what an amazing reaction! Uh, the the um, I, I'm digging this much. The, the I'm digging this a lot, and it's funny because they got us to care about the eternal question: How will they ever get along? They got us to care about it, Alex. <laughs> well, the whole thing you know, that, I do have to say it? this uh, this theme song, and I don't want to ruin this for you, Alex. <laughs> so I, I want to tread lightly here. But uh, do you guys remember maybe 15 years ago there were these uh, commercials for these dick pills with Smiling Bob? You yes, remember I remember Smiling Bob. Bob. Yes, I do. The whistling Not. sounds like it's that song. <laughs> I don't remember. It, it really Bob. does. So it doesn't ruin anything for me. I, as far as I know, you're making this whole thing up. The whistling is the greatest. Um, I will say that um, I despise. Will they get along? When it is a question asked in earnest, like, oh my God, will they get along? It is incredibly, vitally important that these two horrible enemies get along in this tag match they were thrown into. No, it's not. It's stupid. But in this case, when it's done for laughs, it's great. It's great. You're playing against all those tropes, and it works. Um, excuse me. Anakin JMT left us a super chat. Thank you very much, Anakin, saying a takeover Philly Ember countered cross uh, cross arm breaker into a pin on Shayna Baszler. Thank you for that, Anakin. We appreciate it. Donovan Dijak wants to eat a pie. Left us a super chat as well. Thank you very much. Says... Dane needs Robert Stone to handle his schedule. Could you imagine? And Killian Dane has all the losers, you know, like the the pencil neck losers, all suddenly orbiting around him to sort of uh, that'd be that'd be fantastic. One of the uh, honestly, like, and I, I don't, I, again, I don't think it's his fault because I think he's talented. One of the greatest things to happen recently on NXT is the lack of Robert Stone. Right. Like, it's just it was never did never it never worked. Even when he was getting run over by tanks. The first time he got run over by a tank, funny. The sixth time he got run over by a tank, not funny. I agree. We have Tony Storm uh, cutting a promo from Cancun, Mexico, which is where she went to hang out, uh, preparing for her return, um, recapping winning the Mae Young Classic, the NXT UK title, and so on and so forth. She says we're going to see a Tony Storm we've never seen before. Okay, cool. And And perhaps that means that she's going to be your top heel in the division. We don't, I mean, who knows? Like she, she, we don't know her here, so she could come and turn on somebody. And all of a sudden now, now we got it. Now we got a heel in your division. Kind of hoping she comes back with the blues brothers, a blues brothers gimmick, like her boyfriend, juice Robinson is doing right now in new Japan. That'd be funny. Johnny Gargano and Candice LeRae are walking their dog and they have his and her track suits. Good, good. I, I I laughed. It it had me chuckling out loud. Uh, They're embarrassed over their takeover losses. They get back home, and there's a huge TV screen there. Candace says, "Indy Hartwell," and Johnny goes, "Indy Hartwell? Why are we talking about that goof? What is she ever going to amount to?" Candace says, "No, Indy Hartwell just bought us a 65 inch television." 
Johnny says, I've always loved Indy Hartwell. What? She's so great. A little later on in the evening, we wa- we see them watching footage that was left on a USB drive uh, of uh, of the Battle Royal where we're highlighting all the times Indy Hartwell saved Candace in the Battle Royal. And now they're sort of like, oh, well, there's interesting, interesting. They're setting a seed here. Alex, is this long-term storytelling? Did they really set this in the Battle Royal to I mean, saying we're going to use this in four weeks after a takeover? Because four weeks is long-term storytelling for WWE. It certainly is. I mean, um, I in battle in battles royale um, uh, because I believe that's the correct plural. It's not battle royale. Battle royal. No, no, it's, it's battles royal. Okay. Um, and uh, but most of the time in WWE, you have everyone's trying to dump everybody out, every woman for herself to to actually have like specifically Indy Hartwell save Candice LeRae several times seems like either she's not doing her job right in in the battle royal or they planned it out and if so like this this seems like an angle you could do like it's it's also the angle of her replacing their television like that's that's also a thing that that has been planted in a while yeah. like and and do do I think that in NXT Candice LeRae and Johnny Gargano have the power to be like here's what we're going to do with this little angle and William Regal would be like yeah that's good or not Regal or Triple H or whoever sure. it is who's like putting everything together. Like, yes, that makes sense. That's fun because it does feel like it's not a team of writers that came up with this, but like people who know each other and figure out this will be fun. But the, the the touch of here's a TV. I know you guys need a TV. And Johnny Gargano saying, "How do you come in here? There was a USB drive left in the television. What a great little weird spy." movie angle thing like here's a tv for free but also here's this spy very cloaking usb drive in there it's it's very it's very cool i i thought that was great i don't know what they're planning but um i i like people volunteering to join the gargano way i think that's cool a lot of people were like well i guess johnny and and candace being called up because they they both lost a takeover i mean i don't i I don't know why you would think that those two seem like like NXT lifers, if they're going to be there and not in the title picture, then there's a lot of cool ways you can use them. This might be one of them. Austin theory defeated Leon Ruff. Uh, that's not the story here. However, I will point out that, um, that they're um, th- at some point, I think Leon Ruff does, does some top, some top rope jumpy stuff. And he seems to flub one of them sort of messes up. And Theory just rushes in to pick him up, like just rushes in to to grab him off of the botch and just hits the ATL for the win. I don't know if it was a planned botch or not, but if it wasn't, kudos to to Theory because he really did save that situation right there. Um, but the story here is that he got another match. He calls himself the future of NXT and so on and so forth in the promo after. And that brings out Dexter Loomis, our... Favorite serial killer who comes in and unloads on uh, on Austin Theory, hits a Thez Press, a Bulldog. Theory does get some offense in as well, hits a standing moonsault. Loomis gets a spine buster and a slingshot suplex as well. But it all comes to a crashing halt when he locks the silence in on Theory. Before we get to the post-match uh, shenanigans, what do you think of the match here, Alex? Um, 
for one, uh, I, I I thought Leon Ruff should have won that match with just Austin Theory. Like, really get the story in that Austin Theory can't beat anybody because he also thinks so highly of himself. He would take somebody like Leon Ruff totally lightly, and Leon Ruff could get a, a flash win on him. Obviously, that's not what they did. But I thought some of the things that, that Ruff did were impressive, even though he did have that botch. Um, uh, the storyline of him, like, you know, being too big for his britches, I think works. Dexter Loomis also... Uh, I think he and Kushida could have a tag team uh, where they just just go out and just try to destroy people who are a little too liberal with the, with the children. Um, but um, I, I I thought this was really good. Um, good to see Dexter Loomis back. I I he's so captivating, man. I don't I have no idea what you actually do with him because again, I don't think I've actually ever heard him speak. Mm -hmm. So who knows what 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 his ceiling actually is. But what a captivating presence he has. Um, so, yeah, this was great. Um, Cameron Grimes done mess with the wrong dude. That that man will tie you up upside down and feed you your hat. Like, you do not want to mess with Dexter Loomis, Cameron Grimes. Because Cameron Grimes, after the match, uh, came out of nowhere with the, uh, the cave-in. My boy Grimesy, he's going to the moon, Alex. That's all I have to say. He's going to the moon. So clearly they're setting that he, one up. He He's going to a, a room behind a false wall in Dexter Loomis's basement. That's where he's going. Um, We uh, we get a recap of the uh, main event from, uh, from TakeOver uh, with uh, Finn Balor and uh, Kyle O'Reilly. Uh, obviously, we, uh, we all know by now that... Um, we all know that Adam Cole, and that excuse me, not Adam Cole, but uh, Finn Balor broke his jaw. Uh, no word on what's happening with the title yet. My God, if our boy Finn Balor isn't cursed when it comes to uh, holding titles, I don't know who is. Um, so uh, uh, we even get the Undisputed Era. Um, we even get the Undisputed Era together. They're telling uh, Kyle O'Reilly to not be ashamed for what happened, uh, for not winning this Sunday at TakeOver, it was a great match. And it really was. Uh, Adam Cole says, uh, basically says that he doesn't know why Ridge attacked him, but he's not done with the Undisputed Era. He'll, But he'll find out why. And then we see Ridge Holland arriving in a Mercedes to be interviewed. And as he comes out, he's asked by the interview, why'd you attack Adam Cole? He says, I didn't come in a Mercedes last week, but I do today. And you can thank Adam Cole for that. Now, before we actually get into what happened, I think they had an interesting thing here going with Ridge Holland, the guy who likes to inflict pain, actually being a hired gun to take out other dudes. Yeah. Um, uh, hired, you say hired gun. I say hired goon. Um, he's, he's, it, it, was, he, it was a perfect spot for him. Like, and, and the, the, of who, who's, who is like, it needs, I thought you had a really cool idea for like, who is paying Ridge Holland to take out NXT superstars. That could have been a thing that was going on for a long time. And it could have been a really fun reveal. You don't even need to know who it is now. Like you had no idea, let's say a week ago that Mustafa Ali was behind retribution. Mm -hmm. You could have no idea right now who's paying Ridge Holland to take out people, but that's a cool storyline that could have, you know, could have lasted a long time. But um, the other thing I will say is um, when Finn took that running jumping knee from Kyle O'Reilly in that match and immediately his, his hand went to his jaw and then his face looked like 
like he was he would been stung by a hundred bees after the match. I was like, that's not good. Not good. Mm-hmm. However, it's a weird thing that you were like, um, ah, his, his jaw's broken in two places. He'll be fine. He's just gonna take a little time off. No problem. But carrying cross up his shoulder immediately gives up the title. Like you gotta have like a thing where like if a guy's injured and is gonna miss some time. Do you have to take the title off him or not? You got to be consistent about it, I think. Also, isn't that the same thing that happened to Drew McIntyre in kayfabe when when Randy when Randy Orton kicked him? He got his jaw broken two places, but he kept wrestling matches. Like, if if an actual injury happens to somebody that takes him out of out of the thing, you can't kayfabe that same injury mm-hmm. and have it be fine. Come up with something that like wouldn't actually take a guy out for several weeks to give your guy if you're going to lie about it. Anyway, um, the, the, the Adam Cole backstage with his, he's wearing the sunglasses, he's all bruised up. Um, uh, you know, his, his promo to, to Ridge Hall and everything. Um, that was all very interesting. And I, I, it, I can't help but wonder what we would have gotten had we not seen happen what happened later in the night. Well, let's talk about it. It happened during a match between Danny Birch and Ridge Holland, which, uh, I nonetheless got excited about because I think Danny Birch and Ridge Holland uh, worked well together. Uh, it's a slugfest. Birch hits a missile dropkick, uh, um, and he uh, hits uh, he hits a German suplex after clo- clotheslining uh, Holland. But Holland comes back, hits the Northern Grid out of nowhere for the for the win. Uh, after the match, Birch stands up to Ridge, Ridge, uh, and he slaps uh, Holland across the face. Ridge then attacks Birch. And then starts headbutting him repeated, repeatedly. So Oni Lorkin, Danny Birch's uh, brother-in-arms, runs out to defend him. Uh, he gets beat up as well. Uh, however, uh, Oni goes for a, a spinning tope off the top rope to the floor. And we saw the moment here um, on uh, on Twitter. A lot of people were replaying it. We have screenshots. Ridge caught, of course, uh, um, Oni Lorkin, but... He twisted his angle, his ankle in an angle that you're not supposed to. That looked horrendous. Uh, they keep fighting out on the floor, but uh, Ridge uh, gets stretchered out uh, and uh, kind of thought it was an angle, but it ain't. Ridge Holland is uh, injured. His ankle is, I think he must have, uh, I think all his ligaments are gone at this point. That was a I mean, bad, bad injury, Alex. They, they put him in an air cast. And that's usually a broken bone thing, um, so it's possible that he, he he the whole thing just his leg just snapped. Um, like he when when I saw him catch Oni, I was like, you gotta you gotta widen your stance when you're gonna catch a, a man falling at you, even though you're a big dude, Ridge Holland, and you're super strong. You gotta widen your stance when that's gonna happen. And it's it's one of those things where like they they did a. The, the, when Ridge Holland attacks Adam Cole at the end of uh, Takeover, I think to myself like I don't know if Ridge Holland is ready ready for this spot at the top of NXT messing with stuff. It's a cool idea, but I don't know. Like I, honestly, I don't know how long he's been doing this. All they all, all they ever talk about is he played rugby yeah. for a while, and that's a that's a completely different skill set than wrestling. He's got a great look. He's obviously very strong. He can throw guys around, but there's a lot of things that that you learn when you're just starting out, like how wide your feet have to be to take certain mm-hmm. moves that maybe he skipped along the way to get here. And I, I'm not blaming him for it. 
it's just a weird thing that happened. It's terrible. It's just a, it's just a, when I, when I saw his knee buckle, I was like, that really sucks because they were, they were pushing him to a really cool angle for him. They had done the whole deal with like, like debuting him and all those vignettes again of him running over people while carrying a rugby ball. It's, it's just a giant waste and they, they have really bad luck with injuries in NXT and it, you always hear about guys losing their spot to injuries um, and how that's not supposed to happen, but yet it always does. Um, I, I can't help but wonder what his what the plans were for mm-hmm. him going forward and then what they could be now. Like, that's a, that's a whole... The hired goon is a major part of this storyline that when you excise him from it, you know, it's it's nothing. And it's, again... It wasn't even in a match that actually furthered that storyline. It was just him beating up a guy, and next week he was going to beat up Oni Lorcan in a match, I'm sure. And now that's got to be put on hold, and it's just, it's just, it's terrible for Ridge Holland. Donovan Dijak wants. I feel like. Go, go ahead, Robert. Uh, I feel like, first of all, best of luck to him. I hope it's not too bad. But if you're NXT right now, in the span of two months, you've lost. Carrying Cross to injury. You lost Keith Lee to Raw. You might, Balor might be down, but there might not be a takeover. So that might be why they're being a little more lenient with it. And you've got a draft that's going to pluck a few names from NXT. It's not looking like NXT has a strong base right now. And it's a little concerning. Donovan Dijak wants to eat pie. Left us a super chat. Thank you again. Says, see if you get the reference here, but the Kushida Loomis tag team should be called the Aliens. Uh, help me uh, out, Alex. I time splitter. Yeah. Don't know. Loomis. We're stumped. Donovan uh, Dijak wants to eat. I didn't know I was going to have to. Didn't know I was going to have to solve riddles here. (laughs) Um, We get um, we get Damian Priest backstage wondering who the next man is up for his title. We get also another uh, Thatcher vignette. You know, the guy who loses all his matches, but he says that he's not defined by his losses, but rather the everlasting pain he inflicts. Okay. I, I did. I did like that. He's like. You can't let uh, those things define you, and I'm not going to let it define me. I'm not going to let it define me. I'm not going to let it define me. Like, okay, we. I appreciate that it seems to be actually affecting him, <laughs> the fact that he goes into these things. Because usually, like, guys are like, um, I, I come in, and I'm going to beat you. I'm going to beat you. Then they lose. And the next week, they cut the same promo. At least he's al- allowing these losses to affect him in some way. I just hope that actually translates in the ring and that that gets him to a place where he's starting to win matches. Halloween Havoc version of Shotzi Blackheart defeated Zia Lee in a uh, in a short uh, in a short match. Uh, nothing much here to say. Shotzi won with the uh, with the top rope senton. But after the match, Zia Lee gets a letter from fellow Chinese wrestler Boa, and she's distressed at reading the letter and. Uh, she walks backstage. Alex, do you think uh, do you think the party is uh, disappointed in her performance? <laughs> I 
at this stage, I, I, I can, I'm ready for anything in WWE. I, I, I don't know. Uh, here's the thing. Like, I, I, if this was main roster, um, I, I would half expect um, them to, like, have her start. Now she's involved with the ninjas because Akira Tozawa is Japanese and she's Chinese. But isn't that all the same, according to Vince? Probably. Probably. Don't they all eat the same food? Like it's it's a horrible thing that like like they they like they have her they have the other Chinese guy on the roster come out with with a with a with an envelope and there's like Chinese figures scrawled on it like I I don't I don't know like we'll have to see where this goes but I, I I'm not optimistic about about it being good you know yes like or, or tasteful <laughs> not uh re- at least they're using boa you know uh that's a guy who's been yeah, there has, for was, he was in that tournament like a, a year ago and then nothing so well, he yeah. got injured if i'm not mistaken he got hurt <sighs> okay rhea ripley and ember moon uh defeated dakota kai and raquel gonzalez uh ember moon comes out to brand new music uh and she goes right after kai with a suplex she tries to run arena but uh the, or raquel i should say but it's so hard not to call her Raina Gonzalez. I'm sorry. It's so much, such a better such name. Such a better name. It really is. She tries to to, to Raina Gonzalez, but instead, uh, but uh, Raquel blocks it, and instead she hits a single leg lariat. Uh, met Ember's uh, suicide dive to Dakota on uh, on the floor was insane. She just flew like a missile. She clearly. She she was like, nah, I haven't done this in such a long while. I'm just gonna see how far I can go before I have to take some time off again. Um, and that was followed immediately by um, a somersault senton off the apron by uh, by Rhea Ripley. That was a pretty cool spot. We go to commercial. When we come back, Ra- Raquel has Rhea in like an inverted carried stretch, and I could not but just be amazed at it. Because, yeah, Raquel is a tall, powerful lady, but so is Rhea. It was an impressive sight to see. Um, Ember does a grounded flatliner on Raquel and a beautiful second rope a lung blower on Dakota. The uh, the heels double, teal, uh, double team Ember. Raquel just like, she swings her around with just one arm. Uh, Gonzalez is just so, so strong. And she accidentally uh, drives. Rhea uh, is actually accidentally drives Raquel into the commentary table because of a kick by Dakota Kai and Ember Moon eclipses Dakota Kai for the win. I miss the eclipse, Alex. This was a good, strong, fast-paced main event. This was very good stuff. Yeah, it was it was great. Um uh, all these women are, are, are very, very good. Um I, I think I think Raquel is, is improving every time I see her in the ring. Um, uh, Dakota Kai is excellent, but like Rhea and Ember, like when they had that thing where they were both went to the outside and they, and then they had that little low five moment as they walked past each other. I was like, Ooh, do I, do I need to see them at some point? Ember and Rhea versus, uh, anybody who has the women's tag belts. Like, like I I was going to say Shayna and Nia, but I feel like that's, they're not long for that championship i feel like they're gonna break them up but like Rhea, Rhea and and ember look great together like and they're they're a perfect combination like they you could absolutely see ember like jumping off of Rhea's <laughs> shoulders onto people and doing stuff It'd be a lot of fun uh i missed the eclipse so much and this was a 
picture Beautiful. perfect one. Um, I hope they never ever ever take that move from her like in any way. Like it's like because like you got to take that right and. Uh, Dakota crumpled. That looked so good when she took it. I thought this whole thing was 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 really well done. It 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 announces Ember as being back for real and um, strong and 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 very strong. Uh, I I really missed her. Like it was no secret of how much I I I loved her and wanted the best for her on the main roster, and they never gave it to her. They got her one damn title match versus Bailey, and then she was one and done. Zelina Vega gets multiple title matches, but Ember's, Ember's one and done. So, like, I'm so happy that she's back in the right place for her, the place that truly loves mm-hmm. her, that will welcome her, and I'm, I'm, I can't wait to see what she does uh, down, down in NXT again. Same here. And at the end of the match, uh, the baby faces shake hands and stand tall in the ring. Aaron Entertainment left us a super chat. Thank you again, Aaron, saying... I did think Rhea was going to turn on Ember because yeah, it did feel a little stretched out. I'm, I'm not so sure that's not the end game here, but it would be early. It would have been like, I think it might be a, might be a thing where like Rhea helps uh, Ember to, you know, throughout this whole thing, Ember gets the title match, but is able to beat EO and Rhea couldn't. And Rhea is like, nah, no, I'm, I'm not your friend now. Now, now I'm taking that title off of you. I think that there's a way of, of doing that. There you have it, folks. That was our NXT recap. It was, and this is how we're going to wrap up tonight's episode of the Wednesday Night Wars podcast. I want to thank everyone for joining us this evening. Everyone who uh, who uh, liked the video, shared it out. Hey, there's still time to like the video if you want. Just like there's still time for uh, Robert DeFelice to let us know where he can, uh, where we can find him on uh, social media. Yes, you can follow me on Twitter at DudeFelice. Check out everything I'm doing over at smartoutmoment.com, wrestlezone.com, and of course, here on the weekends for Fightful. And yeah, looking forward to doing this again next week and every week until the end of time, which is like five weeks from now. <laughs> I was going to say, when's the election in the U.S.? Alex, what about you? Where can people follow you and your work? Uh, you can follow me at Alex Sour Graps on the Twitter. I'm on Fightful Select doing uh, Sour Graps. Uh, about Raw and uh, and SmackDown, the the draft people. It's feeling drafty in here. We're gonna get some some draft reactions. Uh, my my SmackDown show on Sunday on uh, Saturday night, and my uh, Raw reaction show on Tuesday night. And I will just uh, leave it while saying this. And you can follow me at Mr. Warren Hayes on Twitter or at my YouTube channel, youtube.com slash Mr. Warren Hayes. I do a show every Thursday night, 9 p.m. Eastern. Come and join me tomorrow. It'll be a good time. Thank you, everyone, for joining us this evening. Subscribe to Fightful Select. Subscribe to Fightful Select. Saving money on exterior wall lights. Now at Menards. Find your style with Patriot Lighting. Exterior lights enhance the look of your home. Choose from over 50 options from Patriot Lighting. Now through May 19th, get $10 instant savings on a single qualifying purchase of $100 or more on in-stock outdoor wall lights. Check out our entire selection of outdoor lights and see the rest of our deals happening now on Menards.com. Save money.